I've never had an issue with the media except those people that would make opinions that have never done anything, never put a formation on the field, never focused a team on victory. I don't know how you listen to those guys. I've done those things. You can listen to me. This is Les Miles. We could have started this podcast week one. It's week six. Why? Less is more. We're sitting here in, in the Birmingham, this is the Alabama Hall of Fame. It has Bear Bryant and, and Nick Saban in it, and it's making my skin crawl. Hey, Wangs, I need your energy. They've been wearing me out here. You're not breaking out in rash or anything. Yes, exactly right. I think hives is exactly what's happening right here. I'm itching. There's so much red around. I just don't quite know how to handle it. Crimson, like It's crimson. Yeah, I know. This is Les Miles, and I'm speaking to a great friend in life, John Wangler, um, who was a great uh, Michigan quarterback. Number five, John? Number five, Les. Now, hey, listen, now, to those people that are listening in, John Wangler is a Rose Bowl winning quarterback, a guy that's taken snaps and understands what Rose Bowl competition and high-level execution has to come to play or... Uh, you finish second in these games. So this opinion is, is, is given with great expertise and maybe the uh, most astute sports mind in the Miles family, um, Smacker Miles. And uh, she's a, a UT swimmer and uh, played basketball and, and really every sport that we could get to her, she just took it on running. And now she's... Uh, and she loves her dad. She better love her dad because, damn, I'll be mad. <laughs> so this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to look at some games and uh, some of the psychologies behind those games. Hold on a second, guys. Legitimately, let's talk Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I think that's a good way to kick it off. I think that'll get a lot of, a lot of juice flowing. So let's, let's do it. Here's, here's what Baker Mayfield did. He went in, into the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes Stadium one took victory, and then took the OU flag and shoved it in the center of the heart of everybody who was a Buckeye fan in the center of that stadium, and then, and then apologized for it. Honestly, I just got carried away. It's, you know, I was, it was, it's not something that I wanted to do, and I hope that people don't think bad of me as, as we go forward. And then, what was it exactly he said? <laughs> he said, you forgot I'm your daddy. Baylor and then he said so I'm gonna have to spank you oh my goodness he didn't apologize for that now I understand John give me give me your take on on what you think how how's Baker you would love to have played with Baker Mayfield I know you I appreciate some good smack talk I I I really do I'm not so sure it'd come out of my mouth on a regular basis but at the right opportunity I would surely use it to uh, to an advantage. He's a confident guy, right? And he uh, doesn't mind expressing himself, uh, similar to Johnny Manziel, I think, the way he plays and the, and the, and the way he uh, uh, talks. And 
you know, he's backed it up so far, so you got to give the, the guy credit. Yeah, I agree. Smacker Miles, what do you think? You know, it's not my taste as far as what I would want in a quarterback, but there are some intangibles there, and the team's doing well, and he was leading the country in touchdowns thrown without an interception for a while. So he was talking the talk, but walking the walk as well. So I'll give him some respect for sure. Uh, uh, Hey, I want you guys, listen to me. There's unexpected um, outcomes here. In other words, there's going to be teams that are, who are saying, "Okay, the leader of this, the leader of this group, the guy who opens his mouth the most, is the quarterback." But the guy, but all his linemen and his guys are going to protect. They that fires them up, right? They're going to protect them. He's probably saying what all those guys are thinking. With less, when toe meets leather, right? After that first hit, all that stuff goes out the window. All it goes, all of it goes out the window, right? And, and so it, it doesn't really matter. It adds to the, the flavor, right? You can put up on the locker room wall. But in the end, when you take that first hit, it's, it's, it's game on, right? Somebody has got to see this thing differently. I just, I just want you to know, I, for, me, for me, I do not want a, a, um, a, uh, a, an article written and posted in a locker room. I want no bulletin board talk from certainly not my quarterback and at risk. So here's so here's what happens, John. I'm on a sideline. I've run the ball. Some third team, second team guy comes, you know, who's on the field, strikes my quarterback, and then now I, I'm I'm having to defend it with a 15 yard penalty. Yeah, I get that, but this it's it's happening. And now I, I mean, my my concern is is does the team embody what he says if it does then i'm with you but if the if there's some guys in that team that are sitting there going hey wait a minute there's no reason for us to um make this this game any more difficult than it already is i mean is he writing checks that he expects his teammates to cash i think his team could be rolling with it for sure i think that he's not the only guy on the team that's ready to talk some smack but I do think that the rest of them doing are, are doing it a little more maturely and quietly, maybe a little more behind closed doors. At one point in the clip, you could actually see Baker look at the camera before he turned back to look at Baylor and say what he said. So with how clear the audio was, you have to imagine that he didn't mind that people were going to hear it. And I think that's where it becomes a little bit less of an in-game thing and a little bit more of a big Mayfield show thing. And as I was watching the clip, my initial reaction was actually that I know he has a girlfriend and that his girlfriend's family could see the, you forgot who's your daddy, I'm going to thank you. And my immediate thought went straight to, oh my gosh, if that was dad, that's my dad, he would die. So my initial reaction was just (laughs) not even the football fans that could see it, but just his friends, his loved ones, and the entire country that was seeing it. There's a lot more people that are not going to want to hear Baylor and spankings, especially when it's Baylor right now. That's a touchy subject to begin with. So it just seemed like Baylor was making a mockery of something that he did not need to make a mockery of. Well done. Well, that's the whistle. That generally means that there's a call waiting. The uh, We have a hotline set up for you guys that if you want to ask questions that we can get to in a fast way, uh, here's the number. It's 833 833- Five three seven six six three seven, or just call eight three three less more. And uh, I'd like to thank you 
uh, to Reddit College Football. Some of the questions you submitted were actually worthwhile. What is your favorite flavor of grass? So my favorite is, um, to be honest, Tiger Stadium. I'm used to the taste. It's like going to the same store um, and getting a hamburger. The hamburger has a distinct taste. This, this blade of grass has a distinct taste. It tastes like victory. We have time. Let's take another question. Hey, Les, longtime fan of yours. I was wondering if you could just go over how the events of your firing transpired and what that whole experience was like. Kind of expected this one. I uh, kind of figured it would be in the works early. I think I think I need help answering this one. Kathy Miles. Kathy! <laughs> Kathy Miles, uh, Flint, Michigan, great athlete herself. She was a... Uh, a point guard at Central Michigan uh, led uh, the Chippewas in assists. I started dating a football coach in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I was a women's basketball coach, and we both worked long, hard hours, and, you know, married him, and we pretty much put a plan in front of us that, God willing, we've been able to execute quite well with family and, and football, and four beautiful kids. She's been a tremendous wife and a tremendous partner and a loving uh, mother to this family. There's nothing that we do singularly. You don't get to call any place on Saturday, but uh, you get to talk about those plays. This is a football family. This is how you live. From a coach's family perspective, you, you never know really how long you're going to be at a place. We always said that we didn't want our kids to live just based on dad's job and that we wanted them to develop their own identity so that if dad wasn't a head coach that they would you know still feel good about who they are and the direction that their life's going so there was always that possibility I think anybody that coaches knows you know anybody that really does any professional job knows there's a chance that at some point that job can be taken from you. LSU's got to get up there quickly be ready to snap. On the last play of the game versus Auburn, we roll out to our right and we hit a, a wide receiver in the back of the end zone. Touchdown! You've got to be kidding me! The Tigers roar! DJ Chark may have just saved LSU's season and Les Miles' job. And we snapped that ball somewhere between a second on the clock or just as the clock expired one way or the other. And uh, I finished second in that game. It was a great game. But that Sunday we were in looking at the film. Somebody said, hey, listen, the, the athletic director wants to speak to you. And they never sent for me before. And it's kind of reminiscent of something significant. Went over there, and the uh, athletic director acted in a fast, very efficient way and said, uh, I'm going to have to let you go. And I appreciate that, to be honest with you, rather than sit there and lull over a decision that has already been made. I asked him if I could speak to my team. He said, sure. My intent was to 
tell these guys that no matter what, no matter if a guy goes down, this plays your position, you step in and you play best. And no matter if they change head coaches, you respond to the next guy and you play best. I then looked at the faces of the guys that I coached and I recruited to LSU and realized that I had known every one of those men and their families and really had a very significant story about how they overcame injury or you know what had gone on in their lives. So I got emotional and kind of just stepped away from the podium and said, in all ways, go Tigers and God bless, and left because I was touched. I just want to be real. We can we can act like it's not been hard, but it is hard. We still live here. We live here because we loved it here. We live here because we felt loved by the people here. Les was tremendously loved by the people here. I think he still is. People get pictures with him. People want his autograph. I have people ask me every time I go out, how's coach doing? Athletics teaches you, you know what? You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to swing the bat and hit home runs every time. But that struggle has always turned me and our family and us towards how do we improve? What do we do? Where do you go from here? And the where do you go from here has always been very positive. So throwing my arms around my family with my wife, making sure that everybody knows in this circle, in this huddle, that they are loved and that they can go off to school the very next day and handle the business. You know, everybody has their opinion. Everybody Monday morning quarterback and they think they can do it better. There were definitely some games that didn't go our way at LSU, but like probably his one single most highly criticized game at LSU was a game we didn't win the national championship. But prior to not winning the national championship, we also set a school record of 13 wins. So I'm not gonna let someone bash my face in and kick me around and tell me my husband's not very good. And I say the same thing to the kids because, hey, we, we finished second in the national championship. It wasn't like we were two and 10 on the year. Hey, Les, so the big upset this weekend was LSU falling to Troy in Baton Rouge. Now, that touches a lot of emotions, I know, for you and your family. But well, what was your take on, on the way that game played out and the ramifications of that kind of a defeat uh, of the Tigers in Tiger Stadium? Well, it's, uh, it, 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 it was gut-wrenching for, for our entire family. I mean, we are, uh, you know, Tiger fans historically through and through. And, uh, but, you know, it's if you look at it as a coach and you say it, okay, line of scrimmage, we need to win the line of scrimmage. If you're an LSU Tiger fan, you need to win the line of scrimmage. You didn't do that. You cannot turn the ball over. You can't fumble it. You can't um, have pass interceptions, certainly in key drives. And you got to tackle. If you're not making tackles – you're not winning games. So, you know, for me, just in a, in, a, in a simple review, 
and, and Smack, I know that you may have a little different uh, take on this, but for me, it's regroup. They have the opportunity. It was, it was a, a loss, and it was a bad loss. It's not a loss that they sustained in that stadium for 49 games. But it's still an opportunity if you can pull it together and if you can, if you can, can restart this season, then what happens is, is all you have to do is win out and – if you if you can do that, then put yourself really in great position to back into this uh, of this season. I got to ask one question: Were there any kids on the Troy roster that LSU recruited? None that I know of. That's what I thought. Well, I mean, I love Dad's coaching mentality, and it's a mentality that I've heard for years about you know what we can do and what we control and controlling our destiny from here on out, and so. I do understand that it wasn't an SEC loss and it wasn't an SEC West loss, but I see that as one that you don't necessarily bounce back from. Um, I, I turned it on and there is definite, I'll be honest, there's some definite interest there each Saturday. And I, it's interesting watching it from a little bit more of a neutral perspective and having some favorite players that I really want to do well and have great careers and we'll follow them all the way to the NFL. But I don't see that as one that you necessarily bounce back from. And I, I saw 11, I saw 12 years of fighting tigers never give up like that. And so I think that that's a tough pill to swallow. And I know that Joe Oliva had a tough time with that and he was on the sidelines. It was pretty obvious. And I think that there's probably some rethinking and some questioning going on there, especially that they hadn't dealt with a loss like that in the entire less miles there. And actually not since the first year of the Nick Saban era. So Really, at the beginning of LSU having a lot of success, they hadn't dealt with anything like that since then. So I'm interested to see how they bounce back, and I'm a big fan of a lot of the players, but I think that some of the press conference after the game was humor. I think it was very laughable, some of the contradictions that are made by the head coach in the press conferences, and I don't ever appreciate hearing Nick Brosette called not by name, but by third string. That really hurt me to hear that because Nick Brissett is, he might be your third string until third string back until he's your first string back. And then he's no longer third string. He's Nick. He's talented. He's the leading rusher in Louisiana high school football history. And I'm not the kind of person that likes to hear a person categorized as just third string ever. I never heard my dad talk like that. And my dad is how I like to hear coaches talk, but that was not like not how I like to hear coaches talk. Well, I, I, I want to take up for the head coach just real quickly. Sometimes you don't know um, exactly what you're saying in a, in, a, in a very emotional time in a press conference. You know, he's trying to put words together. And, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think really today's press conference – um, and Baton Rouge will probably be uh, much more informative uh, to some of those, you know, real specific questions. Yeah, I absolutely understand that. And I do know, obviously, we both know it's press conferences, especially immediately post game, are a time of highest highs and lowest lows. But I just, that's not a time for me or an excuse for me to make for a head coach. I think that's one of the head coach's duties is to speak well, represent the team well, and represent team as a whole. And I, I just can't appreciate the job that's being done there on press conferences at all. And the, 
informing that you're uninformed is also an interesting thing to me, just that to me, it's pretty clear that the head coach and the offensive coordinator on, are not on the same page at all. Smacker Miles with a little smack talk. Hmm. On that note, I think I have a call coming in. Hang on, guys. What's happening, coach? Mike Gundy, Les Miles. Right. <laughs> I'm enjoying the day. I'm involved in a uh, Less is More podcast, and somebody asked me, he said, who, what guys would you want to talk to? And I said, well, you know what? I shared a staff room with Mike Gundy for 17 years ago and for some time and uh, had so much fun having you call plays. I just think the things that uh, that I've been able to accomplish, I, I, need, to, I need to say thanks to Mike Gundy because Mike Gundy uh, gave me a lot of uh, effort and energy. Well, no, it, it, that would be awesome to, to talk about it. And it's hard to believe it's been 17 years. Well, how's Gavin Gunner and Gage doing? That's the uh, that's that's the gang. Gavin is Gavin has got uh, after this semester he'll have three semesters left. He's a he's a finance uh, pre law major at Arkansas, and um, and uh, and then Gunner is Gunner's a sophomore here. Gunner's the quarterback over here at the high school, and he's a sophomore. And Gage is, uh, he's a seventh grader and, uh, he, he plays quarterback and he plays, uh, uh, he plays linebacker over here at the, at the high, at the seventh grade and, uh, you know, baseball and basketball, he plays all the other stuff. So they, they're all doing good. Isn't that fun? Isn't it fun? Oh yeah. Hey Mike, tell me about rattlesnakes. Cause I remember there was a hunting season and that, People would go out and they would find like caverns, little little places mm-hmm. where snakes were. And is and have you done that like a couple times? Yeah, my 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 youngest one, the little one, is he he's kind of like Huck Finn, and <laughs> he's uh, he's outdoors. He he uh, you know he fishes, he he hunts, uh, you know he builds forts. And he wanted to go rattlesnake hunting and see an, an hour west of here, you know, in Okeen, Oklahoma, they have, it's kind of one of the rattlesnake capitals of the country. They have a, a parade and a festivities on the weekend. So we went out there, not during the parade, we went out there separate and a couple guys took us out, uh, in the rocky kind of, uh, uh cavern area there. And those snakes are, are everywhere. And the day we went, it, it wasn't warm enough for a bunch of them to be active. Um, but we saw we saw a few, and and then there they had one that was there that we you know we actually picked up and stuff. And they were they were uh, so then they taught us how to catch them and and how to put them in a bucket and so on and so forth. And then I was gonna go back, but we actually had a, an unseasonably um, unseasonable cooler a spring and summer so then the boys got to playing uh, summer baseball and i never could get caught back up but that that was a pretty cool deal it wasn't really as dangerous as what people think you have high boots on um you know they don't really want to strike you you know only if you get close to stepping on them. otherwise um they have a heat sensor in their eyes and they can tell that you're too big to eat so they don't really care about um bitingness 
Um, and, and I'm going to go back out, but it was a good experience. Uh, the, the boys wanted to do it and we went out and did it and they had a lot of fun. Well, if you ever get a chance and I, I got, I bring Ben or Manny, they would love to go. We, I, I have taken those guys, uh, duck hunting and, uh, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I never shot like deers and some of those things, but those ducks, I can't stand ducks. Ducks, ducks will make you, I mean, the, you, they they try to make you miss. I mean, it's it's. I mean, they'll go down, and as soon as you, if you put an errant shot in the air, those ducks are out of there. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, you know, uh, I take them. They like we do some dove hunting, and um, uh, and then we've done duck, and then um, they'll go deer hunting a couple times up here by Ponca City, and. I, I, I shoot at him. I'm not any good at shot. I, I, I probably shoot 50 shells and only hit two or three birds, but I could care less. But the boys, it gives me a chance to sit and talk to them, and that's really why I like the hunting. I can tell you one thing. The uh, the sluggo that you called when we were playing that first Bedlam game when I was the head coach was a damn nice call, Mike Gundy. You know it? It was uh, – to uh, Rashawn Woods. Yeah, that that drive, you know, we we had a couple plays and we hit them on a run, you know, and then we called the verticals and TD Bryant makes an unbelievable catch over the middle. That's exactly right. Um, over the middle, yeah, and and then it put us on the it put us in the left middle close to the boundary where we could we could get uh, you know a sluggo called and of course we had two great players. You know, you had Woods who obviously is a first round pick and Josh Fields who probably could have played in the NFL at quarterback. No question. Um, you know, he was so good. But, yeah, we hit him on it. and But we knew going in, you know, they wanted to drive on everything. You know, they, they were aggressive, and we knew that eventually we could we could get it. And uh, it gave us a chance on a first down to either say we're going to score, if not still second 10, and the clock's going to stop. But that was a – that that was one that was one of the all timers right there. No question for you and for me. That was what sixteen thirteen. I I'll tell you right now when I walk into a hotel room and they give me a, a key and it's happened to me one time in my life and it says sixteen thirteen. I say you know what, and it happened to be a recruiting visit. I said we're going to get this kid because that's <laughs> somebody just told me this is a uh, this is our day. So yeah. Yeah, that, you should have. You wish you'd have been at the blackjack table when they gave you that one. <laughs> You're right there. You're exactly right. You got a really good team too, Mike. This um, this uh, Mason Rudolph and this James Washington, pretty special players. And it looks it looks like to me that you're playing some defense too. So playing a, a little better. We're we're playing two freshman corners, and so that always makes me nervous. Uh, we we've gotten a few guys beat up, you know, um, and it's. As you know from being here, the the issue you have here is is you know two or three injuries at the wrong spot, and all of a sudden you go from being you know a good, pretty good to average real fast. So hopefully we can get a couple guys healthy. But the one thing that's enjoyable is we have a lot of really good good guys to coach, and they're fun to be around. We don't have any assholes, and and you know going out there every day. And, uh, you know, I just like, well, it's the same thing you used to tell them. And I, I tell our guys, I said, you know, it's just fun to be out here coaching you guys. And I know everybody get, takes it too serious and all that. But I said, for me, this is my entertainment. This is what I like to do. I like to watch a guy develop. And I like to see, you know, we put in a, 
a week ago, we put in a, a, a double pole. We pulled uh, the center of the, or the tackle or the guard of the tackle and double pole and read the end and, you know, the old play and out of, out of one back. And, and uh, I was so excited to watch it on Saturday, I almost couldn't stand it. You know, I just wanted to see if it worked, <laughs> you know. You know, the, those things are you – know, that, that's the entertainment we get, you know. No question. And it's in, in when you're with young guys who accept coaching, who love the team, who – you know, care about their teammates. Those, those those guys are fun to coach. And when you put something in for a guy that's no like doubt. that, your team gets better because they want to see it work because that guy that's carrying the ball or that guy that's throwing the ball or that guy that's, you know, benefiting by the play is – he's a great teammate. No doubt, yeah. Yeah, that, that's one thing. The more the longer you do it, you get – you realize how much more fun that is. And that's where, like what you were saying, that's that's probably hard to ever get out of your system. You know, that that side of being around the kids and, and the ones that are willing to, to work hard and, and try to become the best they can. You know, so so much you get so much out of them. So, are you gonna are you gonna try to get back into coaching? Yeah, I want to I want to be a head coach, Mike. What we've done, what you've done, what I've done has trained us so explicitly for that game that, that goes on in between the lines. I, being media is, is it's certainly tremendously fun. It keeps me close to the game, but it's not coaching. And I, uh, I, I love coaching. So that's just, just the way it is. So, well, you, you, you got it going, you got it going for us and you got it going for us. And we kind of took it over after that, you know, and then, and it's, it's been good, you know, it's, we we've been lucky we've had some good players and this and that and but uh but you you finally got it got it going for us and you know the other thing uh you you sometime you got to get up here and watch o henson coach o-line yeah yeah you're right i want to come up here in in if i right now i'm trying to get you know some of my schedule so that i could control it but uh, I, de- I definitely want to come up and watch a game or watch a practice or spend some time kind of in a corner out of the way. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a – the other day he was teaching and I was standing over there and, and, uh, and I was watching him. And, and his, his antics and communication and his foot placement and hand placement and eye placement in demonstrating – was exactly, exactly what you did. And I was standing there laughing with Rob Glass. And I said, Rob, I said, you see what he's doing right now? I said, he's, that is less miles. I said, you see him, he's got his palm up and his hand placement and his feet. And he's telling him about his eyes. And here's where your head should be. And why are you looking over here when you need to be looking over here? And you've got to work up the field. And I said, this is Les Miles, like, regurgitated in my brain. And it was hilarious. He, 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 he spits out the exact same stuff. And, I mean, it is so entertaining to watch uh, in, in what he does, you know. And I'll go in there, you know, and, and, and when I go into the offensive room, you know, I'm sure they're all like, oh, shit, you know. And, and, uh, and I go in there and I'll get to talking about stuff, you know, and, and – uh, because I, even though we've been in spread for the longest time, I still don't like running without an edge, uh, a tight end or a fullback. Because 
it's just so easy for the five techniques to 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 get upfield and and make my tackle really struggle just to block and so and so I tell I tell uh, Henson I said Henson and and of course now they've adjusted that it's changed so much in what they do if you know if the five technique goes outside they just push him outside you know they just push him off the field instead of trying to block him and I said I just you know I don't get it it's foreign to me I just don't understand this stuff. And then they'll, they'll convince me or show me and Henson, then he'll know what he's doing, but it's so different than the rules ever were, you know, whenever we were setting edges and whatever, but, but he's good at it, boy. I tell you, it's entertaining to watch him. If you know a little bit about line play, Mm -hmm. it's like watching somebody make a good car, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a talented coach and, and he enjoys uh, his, his history with, um, OSU and and certainly he uh, he uh, he enjoys being being the assistant coach around Mike Gundy. I can promise you that. So, hey Mike, it's my pleasure. I uh, I let's let's get together. Maybe sometime in the summertime, I can I can get the get the boys in a in a plane and and uh, we could go chase a rattlesnake or two. Yeah, anytime and if, whatever else you need, let me know. And then you know. You're always welcome up here, and and we would, you know, we'd love to have you. And you can go up in the tower and watch practice, and nobody will bother you for a day or two, and you know, and uh, and kind of watch them, and you know, get back into it a little bit. But we'd love to have you. So love to do it. Hey, Mike, thanks. Tell family and everybody we said hello. All right, tell everybody hello. Sure will. Okay, thanks, Coach. Mm, bye. Bye. Guys, we're seeing a big gap, and people are talking about it as if there's a huge gap between Alabama and Clemson this year because they seem to be really dominating every game, and they seem to not have many great challengers within their conference. So who do you think could be the ones to challenge Clemson and Alabama and maybe make it into that playoff situation? Well, I think, you know, there's probably, you know, four to six teams depending on how they – you know, play this thing out. But I think you got to look at Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, they've been a dominant, have impressed wins on the road against Ohio State. Obviously, we talked about Baker Mayfield and his talent. Um, they're they're a, a great offensive, prolific team, and, and they can cause a lot of damage. They got running backs, young running backs. One guy, Adams, I think is averaging 10-plus a carry. and So they're, they're doing some things uh, that are special. You know, Washington, there hasn't been a big buzz about them, even though they're a playoff team. They've scored at least 30 points every game, I think. And and so that Jake Browning's a, a great quarterback, he's done a nice job. The one that's really jumped out and surprised us a little bit is Georgia, too. They're playing very well. Uh, Jake Fromm's doing a great job there at quarterback. Uh, they got some running backs there. Uh, it be, and I'll tell you, Kirby Smart's defense is a great defense. They beat Mississippi State and Tennessee. Uh, what seventy-two to three uh, to three combined? So those teams have really jumped out. Out of the Big Ten, you got to look at Penn State. You got to look at Ohio State. You got to look at Michigan. Any three of those, I think, would be a contender down the road, depending on how things play out. But to me, those are the teams that really have stood out. Uh, besides, obviously, Clemson and Alabama. Yeah, I, I see. I see Georgia and Alabama in in a in a conference championship battle and the winner thereafter really has the advantage headed into the playoffs i i'm like you i saw that georgia defense play against really a a team that tried to test them physically in tennessee 
and that it just didn't even come close. I mean, they they didn't compare. And Georgia has always had great recruiting territory, but they've never closed the door to other schools like Kirby uh, Smart is done now at Georgia. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's a great point that both of y'all made about Georgia, just because. We know that that east side of the division is struggling a little bit right now. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see the rest of the east side being worth a stink. I think the Florida team, really um, quarterback-wise, Felipe Franks is, is really the future. They keep wanting to deny it. Now he's the starter. I don't know that uh, they've gotten a lot of their players back from suspension. Um, Missouri is not personnel like a SEC team. And so I think that this may be – you know, Kentucky, um, uh, Vanderbilt, good teams, but not great teams. And so that that space that you talk about between Alabama and Clemson is real, but it's really Alabama and the rest of the conference in the SEC. Yeah, well, and I got to I gotta give one other team a little bit of love from the Big 12, and um, I wish it was my Longhorns, but it's actually the TCU Horned Frogs because they're playing really well right now. And I think they weren't expected to be as good as they've been in their first four or five games because they have beat Oklahoma State, which was a top 10 matchup, and they've beat everyone else they've played by a lot. And so they'll have OU coming up eventually, and I'm pretty excited to see them because, once again, OU is what's standing in the way for them. If they can beat OU and win the Big 12, they'll be in the Final Four. So I think that's one team to keep our eye on still undefeated. I think that's a great point, Smack. I really do. Even though I'm not a natural horn frog, I know Gary Patterson does a great job. I, I don't necessarily see that team as being able to recruit that really premier guy that makes a difference. But again, Gary Patterson's built another gr- really great team. I, I think it's, it's a point in time that that people start seeing the uh, TCU team you know, with, with an opportunity at the next level. I think you're, I think you make a great point there, Smacker Miles. I really enjoyed this, this, uh, this uh, broadcast. And I think that we covered a lot of real quality material and I'll look forward to catching up next week. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for being with us. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did leave a rating and a question at the iTunes store. Uh, I'll try to get to answering those questions next week if I can. Have a great day. The Players Tribune.com.